Welcome to Middle Age Can Be Your Best Age, the show designed to help make middle age your prime time of life by defying the notion that once you reach 40, 50, or even 60 years old, your crowning achievements are all behind you. Regardless of whether you're just approaching 40 or are firmly entrenched in your middle years, it's time to launch your very own personal journey toward a joyful and purpose-filled second half of life. Each week, host Roy Richards, an expert on midlife renewal and author of A Midlife Challenge, Wake Up, will discuss the challenges common to middle age and help guide you to a brighter tomorrow. Now, here's Roy. Hello, and welcome to Middle Age Can Be Your Best Age. As always, I'm Roy Richards, and I'm sure I don't need to inform you that our hectic modern lives are filled with stress and doubt. So many of us suffer from diseases traumatic events, conditions that rob our spirits as well as our bodies, both internal problems and just worrying about the world in general with all the uh, negative news that's on nowadays. But whatever ails you, here's some wonderful news. My guest author and mystic Vivian Nantel is here to explain why it doesn't take a miracle to discover your own incredible powers within or to experience stunning recoveries. All it takes is commitment, commitment to learn and practice ancient but simple techniques that uh, have been practiced for centuries, can be practiced by anyone, and lead to unrestrained joy, meaning, strength, fulfillment, and an enlightened nature. And best of all, Devi, as she sometimes is called, assures us there is no mystery in bringing about your own transcendence when you are guided with powerful tips and direction from the masters, some of which she'll share with us today. And here's Vivian Nantel's bio. She's a 21st century mystic and spiritual guide who overcame an abusive childhood, deep depression, advanced cancer, and a brush with death by harnessing the power of yoga and her own spiritual energy. She's interacted with internationally recognized masters, including the Dalai Lama, and has become a gifted teacher of her own. And she's also a visionary, vocalist, humanitarian, speaker, and artist of note. And she's author of a brand new book we'll talk about today, Becoming the Light, Realize Your True Enlightened Nature. And hello, Vivian. It's, we're indeed honored to have you with us here today. Oh, the honor is mine, Roy. Thank you so much for having me on your show. I'm so well, happy to be here and share uh, yes, as, as we learn in your new book, Becoming the Light, your journey to enlightenment hasn't always been easy. You reveal you once suffered from deep depression that led into drug addiction. What was your near-death experience, and how did it serve to uh, transform your consciousness? I always felt when I was a child that there was something different about not special, but different. I was uh, already a willing seeker, but I couldn't realize that in, in those days. So I was asking those existential questions, who am I and where? what's the meaning of life? In a very young age, when I was like six years old, and uh, so I was always looking... And uh, eventually it led to, with so much abuse and trauma going on in my life, I was seeking and seeking. I knew, I wanted to know what was beyond the blue sky. And um, eventually I hit a major depression, a very severe in my early 30s. Actually, yes, when I, a little bit earlier than that. And it was traumatic. And I took 
almost my life, actually, severe depression almost took took my life away because I attempted to commit suicide. And it was the deep longing, Roy, that I had Mm. to know the truth, to go back to the source, to God, Mm. to the Creator, whatever we call it by so many thousands of different names. Yeah, don't you agree? I didn't want to be here. I didn't feel like I belong in this world. There was a sense of, uh, I was so lost. I, I was no hope. I was helpless. And no one was really there to help. And God, I really wish I had a spiritual master in those days to guide yeah. me and show me that where is the light. And the light ultimately is within ourselves. And the, I had, so to speak, when you refer to near-death experience, I had two, but again, near-death experience can be interpreted in many ways. When I attempted to commit suicide, I took a, a heavy dose and alcohol on, in addition to that, um, and I was in the bathtub, I will never forget, and I felt this, this divine presence hovering over huh. my being, and I went lay down in the bed, and I went into a very deep coma for five days and when they found me they found my body I was almost exfuriating to death I had turned blue and it really scared that woman doctor I think told you that you were a miracle that you had survived that (laughs) he did that Dr. LaRose when I was sitting the psychiatrist because I was eventually brought up to uh of course, to emergency hospital and then transferred to a special recovery clinic. I was there for almost a month, and he was evaluating, and he said, you, you know, obviously you don't have any psychological, uh, psychiatric problem. You know, it was, uh, and he said very clearly, oh, my God, Vivian, you are a miracle. He said, most people don't come back to life. He said, I've never seen that to find, according to the report from the hospital, that you came back not only alive, but I was not brain, brain dead or any major handicap. And that was a very powerful existential moment when I was sitting there because I realized in that instant I was here for a reason. Yeah. Because the, the fact that I didn't leave that body temple, that was beyond a miracle. And I wanted to know at that time, what is it that I'm here for? And and so that's how I pursue my journey. And yeah, I was asking. Just, and that's when I started working a lot with the Ascended Master. And while, while I was at the hospital, just, uh, just to finish the story briefly, that's during towards the end, um, one day I was laying in bed and I was looking out the window. It was in the winter and it was really cold there at the time. It was in the East Coast and the sun was coming through the ray. And it was a very powerful, etheric, mystical moment. That same divine presence I had felt at the moment I attempted to commit suicide. I felt it again and it was like an energetic connection that literally brought me back to life that sense of hopelessness and helplessness and all the sensation i was feeling physical sensation of a severe depression which is 
incredibly um, debilitating at every level. And I felt that spirit. Again, it was not like a spirit, a ghost per se. It was a powerful divine presence. And I will never forget that moment was probably one of the most significant moments in my life. Yeah. It was like well, certainly it certainly subsequently has proven that you were remaining in the earth for a purpose because you've given a wonderful message to us all in the book and the other things that uh, you've done in recent years. But uh, you tell us that you can access that we can access the divine feminine energy within all of us, even us men as well as women. What is this divine feminine energy, or I guess it's Shakti? Is that what? The, Yes, Shakti. It's just a Sanskrit word, which Sanskrit is the oldest language. All the Maharishi from the lineage of the yogic tradition for thousands of years used the language in Sanskrit to define some of those term. Shakti is basically the primordial divine energy that manifests as what creates the universe? It always works with consciousness. Consciousness, which, again, I don't want to go into too much spiritual yeah. knowledge here because it's all in my book. Yeah. Um, Shiva, which is another term, which means that which that is not, is pure consciousness, own manifested. So when consciousness comes into um, the physical form, it's manifested through energy. So basically, Shakti is just energy, is divine energy. And that's really the message, the very profound message that I realized today why I ended up writing the book. Because yeah. I have gone from untruth to truth, from darkness to light, from yeah. ignorance to enlightenment. And in, when I mean ignorance, I mean ignorance not in terms of education, but ignorance yeah. of our true divine nature. Yeah. So we all, we all have magnificent um, treasure awaited, uh, awaiting within our being to be awakened and that what is to be awakened is the kundalini kundalini is synonymous to shakti is the same so when that energy is awakening it's very healing and it's very powerful because this is when you start discovering your inner power and what i mean by inner power i don't mean like power to go conquer to manipulate or control the world via like what we have seen for thousands of of years and dec- yeah. you know of centuries like that power pe- that is patriarchal we're talking divine power inner power yeah. through shakti when it's awakening within ourselves it literally um burned all the karmic structure all and karma when i mean karma is just memory that's very simple so whatever is stored within our being all the accumulation from childhood the brainwash the conditioning all the wounds that we carry as a personality that's what brings the 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 deepest sufferance and the pain the memories the pain of that's why also people when they go through traumatic thing in their life they can't find their true inner 
not only they cannot find their true inner power, but they cannot find their true blissful nature because this is Roy, this is really our true nature. And I talk about that in in depth, what is Satchit Ananda, our true divine blissful nature. Yeah. yeah, I wanted to get into that later. But let's say I'm inspired by your book and I would like to embrace the practice of yoga. How would you advise me to get started? I know yoga classes are present in most communities. In fact, my daughter-in-law and my niece both teach them. But how do I select a spiritual guide and a yoga community to join? How do, uh, should I read up on yoga before I attempt to practice it, or what's what's the best way to get into yoga? There are many ways. It depends on each individual. Yoga classes that are offered in the world, in studios, are wonderful for <clears throat> health benefit and to have a sense of community and all that. But if one is truly looking for to evolve spiritually, to find their true divine nature, and again, when I mean by that, finding an inner peace, that joy of living, no matter what's happening, that you don't need external circumstances for you oh, to feel your 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 divine nature, your blissful nature to be happy. If you really are looking for enlightenment, which is self-realization, yeah. to realize that, which we all have it with and we all have that seed, I would suggest strongly you do a little research and explore. Yeah. Yoga studio are not designed for that because the yoga that is offered has been diluted and there it's first of all the yoga tradition has seven limbs seven branches and hatha yoga is only one branch and because hatha yoga can be very powerful it has been diluted here when it was transmitted over the century here, what is offered. And it has to be because when yoga becomes very powerful, you need the assistance of a sad guru and a spirit or a spiritual guide, someone who has walked the path, who knows what are the pitfalls. And Hatha Yoga, according to Patanjali in the Yoga Sutra, and it's true, I could say that from my own experience, it just prepared the body temple to sit down to be able to have maintain your your spine straight, to be able to be prepared physically to sit for deep meditation and for spiritual practices. Yeah. But when it comes to true ancient, powerful spiritual practices designed to awaken kundalini, which is dormant for most people at the root of their sacrum, what we call in the yoga tradition in the muladhara, in the first basic fundamental chakra, the the foundation of the subtle body. I would say explore before you embrace a, a, a spiritual teacher. So it's yeah. not everyone who is also ready for a spiritual teacher or a sad guru. Explore, look into it. I, I also feel very strongly by reading my book, it will give the listener a lot of insight, tremendous yeah. amount of insight. 
Well, Chapter and 12, you contain a, a seemingly contradictory declaration that uh, contradictory. Self-realization is realizing there is no self. Pray tell, what do you mean by this? <laughs> well, the self, it's when you look at the self is... When we think of the self, we have to define the word. It's a separated yeah. entity, per yeah. se, and that's that's what we that according to the dictionary. If you look at the definition, yeah, it's and it has a lot of accumulation. It has ego, it has personality, but all those things in reality they don't exist. I mean, there is not tangible. You can't find if you look. And you try to find a self and an ego in someone, they don't exist. They're not there. <laughs> because self-realization, when you realize who is your ultimate nature, yeah. is <clears throat> there is no separation. Yeah. It's, I always love this beautiful symbolism, and it's so true. It's like a wave of the divine ocean of yeah. love. Coming that out includes animals as well as humans. I know you pointed out <laughs> entities of all types that uh, are all sort of one. Oh, we all are interconnected by yeah. the same thread, by the yeah. same source. But when it comes to the humans, the you know we are a unique entity. So if you look at a wave, a wave it's never detached from yeah. the ocean. Yeah. It, every wave that yeah. comes into manifestation from the ocean, when you look at it, it has this unique form, right? Yeah. But when it retrieves to the ocean. It's, it was always attached to the ocean. Yeah. So in a sense, the self is like that. Yeah. So there is, it's very limiting to think of oneself also and act that way that yeah, we think we are on independent. For all knowledge without <laughs> accessing the, and or uh, to just access only that little portion of the human beings who agree just like we do and not the you know the conservatives don't pay attention to the liberals and the the uh Europeans don't pay attention to the uh, North Africans et cetera et cetera that's that's the kind of division that uh, causes all the problems in the world, I think. Absolutely. It's that sense of illusion that we're separated because a, all our action, our thoughts, our words, even though it may sound insignificant, it creates a collective consciousness. Yeah. So what's happening here in this hemisphere, it's as a, a reverberation on the other side of the planet. Everything yeah. where it's happening, it's creating the collective consciousness that we're creating today. And we are fundamentally, uh, I mean, if you, you look at it scientifically in sub-particle, uh, atomic, I mean, even scientists see very clearly that um, the, sub, the, the smaller sub uh, atomic particle is pure energy. Everything yeah. is made out of intelligent yeah. energy, an expanding consciousness. Well, so, growing up, and this was very interesting, growing up in a Protestant Christian home, I always pictured God as an eternal being up there or out there. In contrast, you cite Jesus Christ in the Bible when he states, I and my Father are one, alluding to the oneness, our interconnectedness, and interdependency. Is it true that the Spirit has all knowledge, timeless wisdom, already within, because we are one with all things? And uh, Oh, 
I'm sorry, go ahead. No, go, go ahead. How do we make that connection? Oh, I, definitely. It's easy. It's when you realize there is no self. And yeah. in order to go through that, to make that realization, it requires deep spiritual practices, yogic yeah. practices, to wash out all the layers and layers that people accumulate, that yeah. illusion of separation. Yeah. And like we discussed earlier, right, awakening Shakti, the Kundalini within each one of us. And it's not just awakening, it's for it to ascend. And it's a vast, intense, deep subject which I talk in my book. So, and also, so when that awakening and ascension is taking place, then you you start experiencing a deep sense of oneness, and then you lose that sense of personality, of separation, and then you start mastering your own being, and many realization comes about. And it's not intellectual, because there is huge transcendence in that, and deep meditation. And so this is how it comes about, and it has been my journey. Well, so many of us are held back by that nagging voice inside that tells us we're simply not good enough, or, you know, as you point out, everyone hates to evolve in one way or another. How can we once and for all silence that critic and break free from our self-imposed barriers? I guess it's all related to to this uh, yoga practice or uh, realizing that we're all part of something bigger. Hugely. And it's to able to, like we were talking earlier, mastering oneself. And to practice mindfulness also is very important. To be able to become a witness and look at your thoughts. Everything that one has accumulated, it's not true. It's not who you are. Oh, very true. And and that's the that's the trap because the biggest suffering I have seen from my own experience and from what I, I I witness all the time, and that's why practicing mindfulness is so important. And how you talk to yourself and watch out for those words. You know, so God, if I would have listened what my father said. Yeah. <laughs> oh my God! I would definitely be in the grave today because I mean it's it's constantly the brain washing from society, from parents. Uh, not necessarily all the time, but it depends on the situation, unconsciously or unconsciously. And that's why I want to point out: do you get practices and deep meditation and practicing mindfulness? works on a very deep level, and we unfortunately don't have time to go in depth with that. That's one of the reasons why I wrote a book, too, is it actually burns out those yeah. what we call samskara in the yogic tradition. It's their impression on a cellular level. So all what is accumulated on unconscious level, people form mindset. And yeah. what I was saying earlier, what I have noticed, the biggest suffering people suffer is from their own personality. Because personality, it's not who we are. It is just what people have thrown at us as we have all grown. All the junk that's cluttered over that uh, pure essential nature we were born with. <laughs> exactly. And when we're born in this form, we bring a certain karmic structure, which is past memory. And I will tell you honestly, Roy, I never believe in reincarnation. When I was younger, I thought it was well and 
crazy, but I looked into it and I, I doubt. I, I, but there was a sense like I wanted to know. And I know for certainty today I have no doubt because what I've experienced on the metaphysical level and tapping into dimension of beyond the physicality of this world, the mysticism I have experienced, all what I have experienced, which is so profound. I mean, going into state of samadhi and talking in tongues, languages that I I don't even know where they come from. You know, like what they talk about the the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit is again that same energy. In yeah. in many traditions, they call it differently. Like uh, in Japan, they call it. Uh, key and uh, in other spiritual tradition like Laos, uh, like Taos, and uh, even in Buddhism, that some call it Chi, but it's the same. The Holy Spirit. When people, if they do go into some kind of a trance and they speak a language, it's literally that energy, that divine energy, that Shakti, that is washing out yeah. those impressions. Well, who should read your book? Is it written primarily for folks already on a journey for ultimate? Uh enlightenment or can folks like me who have almost no understanding of yoga and mysticism maybe just uh, starting to get interested will they also benefit or is it primarily for those already along in their journey Oh, I would say there is no requirement to read Becoming the Light, Realize You to Enlightened Nature the only thing is if you have a longing in your heart to know that's that's the that I think that's probably the most important is wanting to know more and it's very insightful for someone who is who's wondering about who am I what am I doing here where am I going it will be very insightful and and even for someone who has been on the spiritual path for a long time it would be also very insightful because I have gone through the whole journey, so it's insightful. At beyond that, it's very inspirational too, because it will it will speak to each individual differently depending yeah. where you are at at your time in your life. Yeah. But if you're looking for well-being and happiness, and wondering those some of those questions. I found, I would say, based on what I've heard from people who have read the book already, it will definitely feed your heart and your soul and your spirit at many different levels. It certainly wouldn't make anyone that finished the book feel more depressed than when they started. It's obviously, uh, whether you're along in the journey or not, just to uh, realize that journey is possible is is something that... uh, I would certainly want to know about, but uh, your book has only been available for a few weeks now. Where best should we go to preview and purchase it? Uh, on Amazon.com. I think they have a download for maybe a, a couple of chapters, and it's offer also Amazon.com at many other countries around the world, including even India, oh. it, and also in Barnes & Noble. Yeah. and uh, other fine uh, bookstore as well. 
Well, I noticed also on your website you have a sign-up for an insightful newsletter and blog and uh, access to a special video, which we didn't even talk about. What is divine, sacred love relationship and how to attract it? That's that's a subject for another time that's very fascinating. Uh, please give us your web address where people can go to uh, find out about uh, your offerings there and more about you. At Vivian, V-I-V-I-A-N-N-E, Nantel, N-A-N-T-E-L.com, VivianNantel.com. That's a wonderful website. Well, in conclusion, I noticed in skimming through uh, Vivian Nantel's book, Becoming the Light, throughout her life she's had a number of loving relationships with cats, And this seems highly appropriate because upon reading her book, you will discover that like cats, Vivian appears to have had nine lives, several of which she's already used up. In addition to her near-death drug overdose, her stage three cancer, which we didn't talk about. Oh, my God, that is a huge, it's probably, it's the biggest near uh, that experience we never talked about the cancer journey yeah. where there was another miracle I hope we have another occasion to talk about yeah. this and, uh, because teenager, that's you probably have, the you biggest a, thing in the plane crash yeah. also that I was um, yeah, indirectly you avoided, involved you were scheduled for a plane and you changed planes and the one you were supposed to have been on wiped out 83 people or something like that a horrible you also had a horrible uh, car wreck as a, with rollovers when you were a teenager and that severe allergic reaction that almost stopped you from breathing i can't believe that's about five lives you've used up there and that's not all at various points in her life Vivian also suffered from abuse as a child a chronic eating disorder severe depression attempted rape and an on again off again romantic relationship with a gentleman who ultimately declared i never loved you and given all that she's been through when Didn't you expect to witness a sour and bittered soul wanting nothing to do with the world or its inhabitants? Well, guess what? Go to Vivian's website, look at her picture, and you'll see an obviously blissful, successful individual with an uplifting look of love in her eyes and a warm smile on her face. And by the way, in her book, Vivian also describes how ultimately she met the love of her life, Nathaniel. And as a medical doctor once described her survival and recovery, uh, Vivian Nantel is indeed a miracle. And obviously this lady has found the divine truth within. And better yet, she wants to spread the inner light of enlightenment far and wide. And in this present era of continual political, racial, and religious discord, her message of inclusion is more than welcome and so needed in this world. So why not join in with the universal spirit of enlightenment, whether you refer to the supreme being as God, Yahweh, Allah, or the universal intelligence, whatever you may call it. And best of all, you need not search far and wide. You can find connection to this universal spirit from within, as we uh, might call it the Holy Spirit. And that's right there. And I highly recommend you go to Vivian's website, preview and purchase her new book, Becoming the Light, and launch your own journey uh, journey to enlightenment. And thank you so much, Vivian uh, Nandal, from the bottom of my heart for spreading your message of inner enlightenment with us here today. Oh, the same. Bless you and all of you, and and uh, I'm so happy. I hope we get a chance to talk again because 
I would love to share about what happened with my cancer journey. Oh, my God. I saw so many of my friends all dying of advanced cancer and yeah, not even uh, advanced. And I'm still here today after <laughs> over 11 years. And, and that was, oh, my God, the miracle yeah. of the miracle. I'm so grateful yeah. to be here today. I'm really well, both, deeply uh, hope I can help and I many are people. Also cancer survivors, so we can certainly uh, sympathize with that. And uh, a heartfelt uh, 11 years is just about puts us in the clear, I guess, from um, having no more chance of recurrence than most other people do. And uh, thank you so much, and best of success on your new book. And uh, we'll have to talk again on a future program. Uh, goodbye for now. Uh, thanks for goodbye. listening. Goodbye. Thank you. God bless you all. May God the bless. divine always be with you and delight always. Thank you so much for joining us here today. Oh, my pleasure. Thank you so much for having me, Roy. Well, here's a question for you. What do you believe is the most important secret to unimaginable success? Is it fame, money, power, political connections, physical attractiveness? None of these contends my next guest, best-selling author Kim Chesney. Instead, she credits a trait that every one of us has, but most of us are unaware of its awesome power, and that's intuition, that wise little voice inside. And Kim is here to describe why intuition is the single most important yet least understood faculty of our human consciousness. We simply don't know how to recognize it and to follow it. And in fact, getting your ego out of the way, developing and paying attention to your intuition can facilitate healthy, stress-free living, general well-being, and stupendous personal growth. And better yet, Kim will share uh, how you and I can become uh, more effectively tap into this innate trait and create our very own culture of in, uh, intuition to achieve unparalleled success in every aspect of our lives. And Kim Chesney has spent uh, the past 20 years helping tens of thousands of folks empower their lives and live the truth with intuition. She's an internationally published best-selling author, intuition, intuition expert, and thought leader. She founded the annual Create Festival in Pittsburgh, PA, where a thousand or more people come together to celebrate the creative power of being. And her new intuition master class is launching this fall as part of the debut of her global online school, Intuition Lab. And hello, Kim, and my intuition tells me that it's a great honor to have you with us here today. <laughs> Hi, Roy. Thanks for having me. Well, let's, and as the first question, most of us probably have a general impression of what intuition is, but can you please give us a clear definition? What should all, uh, why should all of us seek to cultivate it? Yeah, well, that is the number one question I get. A lot of people really don't understand intuition. And in the culture that we've been raised in, we haven't really been taught to understand our inner power and what we all naturally have innately within us. Yeah. Our intuition, if you get into the actual literary definition of it, you know, it really is our inner knowing, our inner seeing. It's learning from within. So it's the part of us that recognizes truth outside of our experiences in the world, right? It's an innate process. We yeah, don't have my, to have an experience. My dictionary says it's the act of, or faculty of knowing without the use of rational processes. I think that's a good way to Absolutely. Put it. <laughs> and that is the short answer, right? Because we get our minds out of the way. Intuition is all about not listening to that rational mind because there's another way to learn things that's actually faster and more effective than 
trying to make pros and cons lists and figure things out. Well, one additional definition, you describe holistic intuition, a new mm-hmm. spiritual practice. What do you mean by the term holistic intuition? Yeah, well, I teach a, a kind of intuition that really serves us on all levels of our existence, body, right. mind, heart, and spirit, right? right? So it's not something, it's not just some little, like, woo, little, little chick that we do that it's cool. It's it's something that actually guides us on all four levels of our cognitive fun- functions. You know, Carl Jung talked about that. The Myers-Briggs talks about that. Yeah. Intuition can access each dimension of our being and help us to kind of live our best life through it. Well, that's great. Well, you assure us that the power of intuition is available to all, Why is it that so few of us are able to rely on our intuition to take early and decisive action based on what I call the gut Mm -hmm. feel? Mm -hmm. Mostly because people, A, the the first part of that answer is people don't recognize it, right? They they, they don't know, they don't trust it. They're not sure, oh, is it my imagination, right? Or is it my, uh, or is it real, right? Like that's the biggest thing. So we're not educated we don't have a system, a formalized system, to, to teach people what an intuition is and then how to follow it. And that's what I do in my work. Oh, that's great. Also, I think a lot of people just don't have the, the confidence in themselves to really trust their inner feelings mm-hmm. to, uh, to have the right answer. Mm-hmm. Right, <laughs> sad, absolutely. Because it's kind of implanted in a lot of us when we're, when we're ch- children that uh, we can't do this and we can't figure this out. And, uh, mm-hmm. We're conditioned. <laughs> Yeah. Intuition is all about breaking our conditioning. Well, we've all heard the term women's intuition, and I noticed from pictures on your website that your in-person website, uh, workshops appear to be filled with all women. <laughs> Are you ladies the only ones who can effectively master intuition while we Absolutely men continue not. <laughs> foolishly to strictly rely on rationality? <laughs> I love how you put that. I love how you put that. It's true, though. I mean, there is something to that, right, because it is definitely the yin and the yang the intuition in the mind. And you see that expressed in gender, Um, but absolutely not. Everyone has intuition just as everyone has uh, an intelligent mind. It's just that men are trained and more reliant on that side of their, you know, knowledge processing where women are naturally receptive. So, you know, part of my mission is getting more and more men to really get on board and understand this. And I actually talk about that in, in all of my presentations. I have a big slide with about 10 quotes from men, like great men like Albert Einstein and Stephen Hawking and Steve Jobs who say intuition is the best thing in the world. So, yeah, the really smart men get it. Smart men like have you. Have you actually been able to recruit any engineers? <laughs> oh, I, I'm sure. I'm sure. I've no doubt. I've, I've, I've worked with all kind of people with intuition. My husband's in, like, cybersecurity, so he is like the, uh, you know, I've got him on board, so that's a yeah, win. <laughs> well, that's great. Well, on your website, KimChesney.com, you offer a free download, the Intuitive Awakening Guide. It's a four-step practice to empower your uh, you to live uh, your truth and align with your purpose, as you put it. And I'd like to r- briefly go over the four steps in turn. Step one okay. tells us to uh, open your body's energetic pathways to allow intuition to flow freely. And you prescribe a regular workout to our energy body with daily, uh, other, every other day and weekly practices. Without going into great detail, uh, how do we, uh, how do, we uh, do these work, workouts? Yes. So the first thing we want to do to get our intuition flowing is we need to unblock. So yeah. we need to we have to need to unblock any stuck energy. So when you do a physical workout, you do yoga, you go for a walk, you do your 
exercise routine, qigong, all these are great ways to get the physical blockages out of our body because the intuition will flow through us and out into the world through our physical body. So the less physical blocks we have as a first step, the more our intuition will start to flow. So just get out there and move around. Move. I was fascinated. <laughs> you tell us to drink 15 cups a day of water every day and, of course, a clear <laughs> diet and nutrition-rich nutrient-rich uh, <laughs> food. But, uh, yeah. Because a lousy diet and a 50-pound overweight <laughs> body doesn't help you <laughs> generate No, that all energy. that energy slows you down. you gotta, you got to get that out so your your body's a lean running machine. Yeah. Well, step, step two is to quiet your mind to make space, uh, space for your inner guidance to speak to you. And a skeptic's comment would be, in today's 24-7 world, who the heck has the time to be mm-hmm. still? Is it that realistic is to unplug and uh, mediate uh, meditate daily or uh, how do we do that <laughs> make that time right right now more than ever we need to do that we are addicted to thinking we're addicted to our devices and our data and it's becoming so toxic so we 100 percent have to get into that gap and slow down and get away from that stuff and open up that space where intuition can talk to us yeah i had a prior guest who uh just lie down on the floor and t- tuned everything out, even though her dog was licking her face while she was doing it. I <laughs> take some skills. Dogs are the, the biggest, the biggest barrier to meditation is dogs. Yeah. <laughs> and cats too. They're adorable, but you're like a sitting duck. <laughs> well, step three tells us to learn the language of your inner muse. What the heck is the inner muse, and uh, what do we do to facilitate learning its language? <laughs> That is your inspiration and your creativity, right? So a huge part of our our intuition is tied to our creativity and that little voice inside you that gives you an idea. It doesn't actually have to be like art or music or anything like that, but just the creative ideas and I should do this with my life and I'm inspired to go and do this or inspired to make this change or try this new diet. Listening to that emotive part within you that, that causes you to transform your life. Yeah, you tell us daily to make art, write poetry, or listen to music. I think I'll stick to that one. <laughs> I love music. I'm not very good at art, but uh, uh, anything yep. that uh, sort of gets you away from yep. the daily grind and <laughs> what yep. you're, uh, aligns with the flow. You just need to align the flow. Everybody can do that in their own way. I like the way you say record your God winks. What is a God wink? <laughs> oh, I love God winks. God winks are my favorite. Um, so there's the little acts of the universe that come to you serendipitously through oh. actions in the world or through things other people say. And, and each person has their own sort of type of God wings. But every yeah. time it happens, like, for instance, it, when you're thinking something and someone else says the word at the same time you're thinking it or yeah. when something, you know, coincidental happens, those are all little God wings, little pats on the back from the universe saying, I'm here Pay attention, you're doing something And you something tell right. us to journal, 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 and record those winks. That makes yeah. a lot of sense, too. They're validation, because yeah. then, they, then you're like, oh, I got that right. Or you go back and look at it a week later, and you're like, wow, I didn't even realize what that meant, but that was like totally like my intuition. Yeah. Well, then you come to step four, the final step, and that's where so many of us fail. Live your truth <laughs> by committing to honor your intuition. And in simple terms, you mean take action and follow that dream. Don't just sit around yeah. talking about it. And for those novices learning for the first time ever to trust our intuition, any suggestions on how to overcome that fear and self-doubt and to start taking that risk? How do we do that? Yep. Well, it starts with building a relationship with intuition so that you can trust it. So those little things that I did in one, two, three, you you keep doing those over and again, you'll start to trust your intuition because you'll know it hasn't let you down. So once you have that trust, 
it's so much easier to make those decisions. And then you're not as afraid because you know that intuition always has your back. And once you yeah. recognize what it is, you're not afraid to follow it. Yeah, and you've got to break that paralysis of analysis that's been plaguing <laughs> me all my life. And, uh, so that's and what so we need true. to get over, obviously. But, uh, yep. and, and also, of course, we have to overcome our fear of failure and all these uh, little voices that tell us you yep. can't do that and you're not good enough yep. and all that stuff and take a plunger now and then. But, uh, yep, Absolutely. Well, as part of step four, you recommend that we find a spiritual family, and where is the best place to find one? And does online uh, work just as well as face-to-face grouping, or uh, where well, should we I, that's, look? That's a really good question for this time and age, because in the old days, we could all just, you know, go down to our, our church or our schools, and we, we'd have these communities, but we're so much more um, spread out uh, with with our culture today. So really the online community I've found is an amazing resource because um, mm-hmm. you can connect with so many like-minded people and the technology is really easy. So it's so yeah. easy to have attend classes and, yeah. and find groups online where you can share ideas. Yeah. Well, we're on the subject of online to keep our momentum going. And as, as you call it, the ultimate step towards our enlightenment you're launching your new Intuition Master Class online, running from October 1st through November 10th of 2018. And who is this Master Class primarily designed for? Who should attend it? It's for all all people at all levels of intuition development. Really, it's it's a functional, rational. This isn't. There's not a lot of woo here. This is a step by step guide of how to understand your intuition and implement it in your life. I've been using this. This practice in my own life, I've been able to make it work for over 20 years, and I really want to share with people this ability to, to recognize and empower their intuition through really simple exercises and uh, affinity testing. And by the end of the class, everyone will have a better sense of what their own intuition is, and then they can go out and live it in their life. Well, does this class include instruction every single day from October 1st through November 10th, or do uh, we get an occasional day off? <laughs> No, it's it's not that bad. You can, it really isn't a huge um, time commitment. We will meet weekly live um, online. Oh. We do a big group meeting where we can all talk to each other. And oh, then we have a Facebook group throughout the whole week where we'll do little challenges and assignments and we'll, you know, we'll buddy up in partners to test our intuition with other folks in the group. So it's a really fun community building. It's a small group. I limit the size so that we all, you know, it's very personal. It's not like you're just going to sit back and like, not know anybody, you'll get to make some new friends and interact with people. So, will yeah, there, will there be a final exam that we have to uh, pass? Um, yeah, I don't know. That's okay. I, I haven't really done any final exam testing, so it's pretty low pressure. But it's pretty it much a final exam in your own mind of whether you're really trusting your intuition or not. I would think would be. Yeah, that's. <laughs> I'll come back a year later and see how everybody's done with the you know living their dreams, and that'll be the real test. Well, as you mentioned, uh, your class size is limited and it's expected to sell out, you sell us. So is there still mm-hmm. room to sign up on them? Yes, um, yes. How, we're, how we're, could... we're only about halfway full right now. Um, oh, you can, Yep, you can go to theintuitionrevolution.com. It's intuition-revolution.com, and it'll tell you everything about the class. And we still have about, I think there's about, 12 spots left today. So, okay. yeah. Well, um, what if a, a person doesn't get in on time? Will you be having this class in the future? Or, uh... Yep. I'm planning to do another one in the fall so I can put everybody who doesn't make it into this one onto the waiting list for the, for the I mean, sorry, for the spring in yeah. um, probably in yeah, March and April. Yeah, this is the fall. 
Yeah, yeah. for next spring. No, that sounds great. Spring, spring yep. would be a great time to uh, get your intuition flowing. Well, in conclusion, right. a continuing theme on this program is waking up to life, the joy and satisfaction of intentional living. And my guest today, Kim Chesney, has detailed a foolproof method of waking up, conditioning ourselves to move boldly to follow our intuition. And Kim sums it up so effectively on her website, the time has come for humanity to move beyond the limitations of linear thinking, and Lord knows that's common today, mm-hmm. isn't it? And embrace mm-hmm. our natural, innate connection with higher awareness and tapping into our inner genius is the secret to living in a new, awakened state of consciousness, one that awaits us all. And if only all the politicians and all the uh, analysts on TV <laughs> and all those others would, would listen to that message. I think we'd be a lot better off, wouldn't we? Amen. Uh, and that's the truth. And thank you so much, Kim, for joining us here today. And thank best you. of success on your brand new class. And uh, thanks. I, 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 and, and people to visit your website in general. Where should they go? Just go to kimchesney.com. Real simple. And I'll tell you, take you everywhere you need to go. And you can find that uh, sign up on your kimchesney.com website also, yep. Kim. Okay. Yep, well, that's into- that sounds take great. Take you right but, over. Uh, well, we'll all use our intuition and uh, move on and have a great week. And uh, <laughs> thank you so much for joining us here today, Kim. Thanks for having me, Roy. It was so much fun. Bye-bye for now. You've been listening to Middle Age Can Be Your Best Age, hosted by Roy Richards, an expert on midlife renewal and author of both A Midlife Challenge, Wake Up, and Wake Up, Captain and Crew, Restart Your Engines. You can learn more about Roy and his Middle Age Renewal Training System by visiting his website, middleagerenewal.com.